0: hello and welcome to another episode of subject matter pros we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors brandingandpromo.com and ocsdeals.ca for their help in making us uh, helping us with this podcast and uh, check them out at brandingandpromo.com and ocsdeals.ca now one of the greatest resources we have and you know Our solar system is based around it, our life is based around it, and that's sunlight. Um, You know, it drives everything from photosynthesis and plants to, you know, solar energy. It's well known just how powerful and fundamental an energy source the sun is. And uh, so, you know, keeping on that theme, our guest today, uh, Tom Palladino, Um, He's a pioneer who's invested a lot of time and effort in conducting groundbreaking research on this energy, which is driven by the sun, also known as scalar energy or scalar light. Uh, So with that, we'd like to welcome our guest on the show today,
1: Tom. Hi, Tom. Welcome to Subject Matter Pros. And Thank you for the invite. Thank you.
0: All right, sir. So, you know, let's hear it right from you. Uh, What exactly, you know, what got you into... uh, all of this and let's start off with like you know just giving our listeners a little bit of a breakdown on what is scalar energy how everything works and then uh,
1: we'll take it from there yeah. well why did I do this because I see the gigantic potential when I speak of scalar energy it's the free energy of the sun and the stars and a great inventor by the name of Nikola Tesla was working with that free energy of the sun and the stars and he was able to harness this energy and power various motors, various type of uh, uh, devices with a scalar energy instrument. So what am I getting at? I want the world to realize that there's another energy, scalar energy, it's not electromagnetic, and that scalar energy is going to solve so many problems. If we look at our energy crisis today, where we have expensive energy, dirty energy, energy that pollutes, dangerous in, in application. Scalar energy is free. It's safe. There is no pollution. We should be using scatter energy. Nikola Tesla wanted us to use scatter energy. So let's pick up where Nikola Tesla left off and let's rediscover what scatter energy means to mankind. It's a new working model. This working model will change the world. And, and Tom,
0: there's something that you said there that caught me a little off guard too, is that it's true that most of the energy sources we have are non-renewable. In today's day and age, they're contaminating, they're polluting, there's costs to extract them, to harvest them, to use them. But we already have some structures for quote-unquote renewable energy sources, such as wind-driven turbines, we have solar panels. Um, would you be kind enough just so that our audience fully understands exactly what scalar energy is relative to devices like say a solar panel or something where because there's a lot of tools out there a lot of technologies out there that harvest the sun's energy or the rays or the heat and then translate it to a different energy source electric current generally which is used by us and would you share just how that
1: differs between scalar energy and how something like that would work sure conventional solar panels are indeed collecting energy from the sun and then they're converting that by some type of uh, mechanism into electromagnetic energy, which is a start. That's fine. That's a start. But you're, you still wind up with electricity, which is an energy that experiences entropy. It, the signal dies off, and it still is proven to be a, a pollutant. It still has its drawbacks, whereas if you're going to shift to a scalar energy, solar power Scalar energy that will be collected by some type of antenna or panel, that scalar energy will never lose its signal and it never pollutes. There's no chemical residue. There is no chemical reaction with scalar energy. So I look at the current solar panels that we have on our homes. That's a step in the right direction. But the only drawback is they're still tied into the electrical grid. I'm saying get rid of the electrical grid and bring in the solar grid grid of scalar energy. They're two different energies and two different consequences.
0: So like, what would they be? Like, uh, because I'm still, because I I, I get that the core energy source for both technologies is the same. It's it's the sun. It's the energy of the sun. I understand how traditional existing technologies you know, they take the sun's rays. If you have a solar panel, you know, they'll have some form of chemical reaction in the photovoltaic panels or how you may to transfer that. I agree with you that electricity is, you know, it loses its efficiency over time. Uh, There's heat created from electric uh, generation. And even in a clean method, there's definitely entropy where there's loss of it's not hundred percent efficient in its transfer. Right. Uh, so how does scalar energy work then? And how, like, cause they both, the core source is the same, which is the sun, but yes. one has ele- like electrical, like, like traditional electrical energy conversion systems or solar energy conversion systems have a couple of modalities that are needed in order to fully utilize that sun energy. And there's some deadweight loss to society, various things. So how does scalar differ from that and how does scalar prevent some of those losses that traditional systems use?
1: That's a good point. So let let me give a working example. Nikola Tesla developed a a car that operated on scalar energy, what he called radiant energy. He actually took out the combustion engine of a car And he simply had an antenna that collected sun energy, star energy, and he was able to operate this car with scalar energy, with radiant energy. Now, what's the point here? He would never run out of a source of energy. That car could operate for eternity. It would never run out of fuel because the fuel, so to speak, is the sun. The car was silent in operation, it wasn't a combustion engine. And there was, hence, there was no pollution. So by way of that working model, it's already been done. Tesla developed a car, a scalar MG car that had an infinite supply of energy. It would never run out of power, fuel, so to speak. Never polluted. It was silent in op- operation. It was just a perfect working automobile. Now. If we do that throughout society today, and if all of our motors, all of our devices are scalar energy devices, then we tap into that infinite source of energy, scalar energy, and it will never pollute. It's impossible for it to pollute because it's non-physical energy, non-physical. And we even see health benefits when we're working with this energy because the body, our cells, seem to thrive in a scalar energy environment, as opposed to some frequencies of electromagnetic energy that prove to be inimical to human health. So this really, it's a a new way of living. And the, the audience will eventually appreciate the fact that there's two sources of energy, so to speak, or two dimensions. And I wanna leave behind the electromagnetic dimension. The source that I wanna tap into is scalar energy. You mentioned about, you know, Tesla's invention, him having,
0: uh, you know, like a contraption that would convert this solar energy or the radiant energy that you called it and use it to drive the vehicle, like power the, uh, the transmission or how you make. So obviously there's some energy conversion taking place. So what would be the difference between scalar energy accumulation or you know like harvesting versus traditional solar panels because yeah solar panels they take the light they activate their photovoltaic cells whether they're telluride or whatever technologies <laughs> underlying the yeah. wafers but they take the light energy you need the physical light yes. and that activates all the wafers that creates small currents and then electricity is harvested again at the simplest level of how yeah you know yeah. solar uh, panels and stuff like that work with this, you mentioned with radiant or scalar energy, they had this access to infinite, you know, sort of mileage or ongoing operation. And that caught me a little off guard because the sun technically, you know, and the way our earth rotates, every you know, every 12 hours you have the day and night cycle. So when you're in that part of the world where there is no sun exposure, just given the orientation of the earth, yep. is scalar energy available at such times as well because it's radiant energy and that
1: it does yep. not revolve, ex- rely on light? Exactly. Exactly. That's perhaps why Tessa called it radiant energy. It's everywhere. So even though at, at, the, at the stroke of midnight, you'll still have a great deal of scalar energy in the environment. So this is a... a the unlimited source of energy. And you don't need a photovoltaic cell to store the energy. That's superfluous because the sun and the stars are the photovoltaic cell. The battery is the sun and the stars. You don't need a capacitor. The sun and the stars are the capacitor. And the movement of this energy, it's kinetic energy, if you will, it's a double helix that spins, that's the movement of the energy so all of these all of these if you will encumbrances have now been removed and this this very if you will structure of any type of instrument that you want to create the only thing you need to do is harness the energy you don't need to redirect it you don't need to store it you don't need to refashion it you just need to capture this energy to harness it that's it so I frequently tell the audience that the new power plant is the sun and the stars. You don't need to store it. That's an infinite storage. You don't need to convert it, okay? It's perfect energy. You don't wanna reconvert. You don't wanna degrade scalar energy. You have no threat of pollution or, or harm. It, it does, it's non-physical. It cannot cause any chemical decay, any chemical degradation. So you, you see how all of these the, you see how we've taken out all of the possible drawbacks, all of the negative consequences that we experience with the generation of electromagnetic energy. this it's a game changer. it's just so simple it, it's it really befuddles people that why are we not doing this? It is simple. And then so going back taking one step back for you know
0: towards like the, core capacitor so what are the different types of energies that suns and stars give out that out of which scalar energy is a subset of
1: this is what i've discovered and i think other theorists can support my my beliefs all energy initiates is scalar energy in other words the sun and the stars are the the driver of the universe that's the animating force of the universe scalar energy and once that energy scalar energy leaves the center of the star it begins to degrade or if you will, convert into the inferior energy, electricity and magnetism. So if we went to the center of any star, it would be that perfect environment, perfect intelligence, perfect energy. There is no loss, no, no entropy at the center of the star. And this is my theory as to why stars never burn out. You know, they, they experience, uh, uh, if you will, cycles up. That's, of course, that's obvious. But I've never seen a star completely burn out and lose all of its energy, even if if it's a collapsing star, as some people say. It's still going through a cycle, and there's still an incredible amount of energy. So if the universe was powered by electromagnetic energy, I say this quite bluntly, the universe would have burned out a long time ago. And electromagnetic energy cannot sustain a universe that's billions upon billions of years old. That that would have that that if you will intelligence would have extinguished itself billions of years ago. What is my point? It's scalar energy at the very center of a star that gives rise and maintains that star. Scalar energy is found at the center of any star.
0: And then, what percentage of so all energy originates as scalar energy? Yeah. What percentage of scalar energy gets converted again? Like you know, just just uh, from your research like I'm I, I don't I have any experience in astrology or physics physics or uh, anything like this or so obviously you know I may not be able to really understand but just from so that our listeners can also hopefully they're simple like myself in in this subject area what percentage of scalar energy gets lost or gets degraded into these alternate forms that we're used to interacting with
1: yeah I can't answer that it, it, I'm sure it varies in different environments so let's just use this as the model. At the center of any star, it's 100% scalar energy. Mm -hmm. As that energy starts to move away and degrade into electromagnetic energy, therein lies the, the driver of solar flares or the corona around the sun. But at the very center of the sun, it's pure scalar energy, and it's rather benign and you don't have the explosions. Those explosions that you see or those solar flares are the result of the conversion of scalar into electromagnetic energy. Once you convert it into electromagnetic energy, then you have the terrific release of heat and uh, fire, explosions, chemical decay or, or transmutation. Now, in this world, on the Earth, there's a super abundance of scalar energy. We just have not put our finger on it. We just don't realize that there's a second source of energy. And one of the drawbacks is this. Electromagnetic energy is finite. You you can measure uh, uh, volts, watts. You can measure the movement, if you will, of electricity. Or you can measure uh, a magnetic uh, line of force. With scalar energy, it's unlimited energy. It's infinite energy. And it does not have a finite measuring unit there is no unit of measurement so this is the problem with scalar energy it's everywhere you know the the analogy is if you ask a a fish where's the sea and the the fish says well I don't know where the sea is I just live I just live here well the sea is all around us the fish doesn't realize that it's living in the infinite sea of water what is my point We live in an infinite sea of scalar energy, the sea of energy. But we just haven't defined it. So we've limited ourselves to one paradigm, electromagnetic energy. There's two paradigms. And Tessa demonstrated that. I've demonstrated that. I can tap into this other paradigm, scalar energy. And what I can achieve in that other dimension, scalar energy, far exceeds what I can achieve with electricity. Now, you know, Tesla, this is something where
0: he experimented with this, like we're talking like late 1800s, early 1900s. Yes. And there's this, you know, I get that you have all these scalar waves that don't behave like a typical radiation or transformed energy source would. How come nobody, you know came up with some form of, you know, like we've had almost 100, 100 plus years, 120, right. 130 odd years since Tesla started conducting experiments to support his theories. And, you know, you've invested a fair bit of time and effort into your own research and putting forth mm-hmm. your company out. And there's there's been that, you know, like a good old, like more than a century gap between right. like when Scalar energy is now becoming more talked about on a on a regular basis, sort of.
1: Yeah,
0: how come there was no device or anything like you know, given its benefits, or like, or like what could have led to it being pushed back? I know, like, I've, I was listening to a podcast, and one of the unfortunate things with Tesla was, you know, he was a very brilliant inventor and very brilliant mind, but he died a nobody. All this. His fame only really came posthumous because uh, from what I gathered when he was alive, I think he worked for either Edison or Bell, one of those two brilliant guys who held all the patents. And I think one of them effectively hired him to do a lot of the work. And Tesla was one of those madmen who really just who didn't care about the money or the fame. He just liked the science. So he did things for the the science part of it. Um, any anything, sir, that you could help, you know, why technologies like this that are, so superior and have an infinite, inextinguishable source. What took such technology such a long time to become, you know, to become more aware amongst our existence and why did alternate technologies get popular in that same timeframe that are not as efficient?
1: I think it really boils down to money and power. Tesla in his day was trying to impress this upon the world, and, and the captains of industry were very intimidated by this, such as the Rockefellers, the JP Morgan, the Rothschilds. You see, if free energy can can give the world um, this, if you will, infinite supply of, of solar energy, star energy, well, that's a threat to the to the existing power structure. And, As the story goes, J.P. Morgan was providing financing for Nikola Tesla's work. They wanted to see what type of industrial benefit could be derived. But ultimately, J.P. Morgan learned that this was a free energy device and that this would have uh, served to undermine the oil industry, the pharmaceutical industry, et cetera. And then the shipping and every other. (laughs) Exactly. The railroad, railroad, everything. Exactly. It was the game changer. And um, yeah, this, this international banking cartel did not want that. And so from that point forward, they no longer, they pulled, they withdrew their financing and they would not uh, work with Tesla and they started this smear campaign. Now, what does this mean to the average person today? Well, it means over a hundred years ago, we were on the cusp of introducing to the world free, clean energy, super abundant energy. And, and because of greedy people, the international bankers, and that was stopped. So revisit Tesla's life. The day that he died, the United States government confiscated all of his notes and inventions. They had no right to do so. He was a private citizen. Why would you? Why would the US government raid his hotel room and confiscate everything, all of his personal property? because the US government was intimidated.
0: And that's you know what that's that's the perfect uh, explanation, but at the same time it's also scary to think that how much technological advances humanity could have had had we had access to such energy before the industrial Revolution because you're effectively talking just the slightly pre-industrial revolution where, like, you know, now coal and everything was really what drove this that led yeah. to your yeah. world wars and your armaments and everything else that came out of this. Imagine if the world had an infinite, inextinguishable source of energy that was actually clean, that anybody could get for free.
1: Imagine all the lives that would have been spared, and all, all the suffering that would have been alleviated. You know, go back to my earlier comments. Tesla had a scatter energy car, and he, did, he was able to... Work with that car and travel about simply by tapping into the solar energy, star energy. That's that's free transportation. Now today, when we're recording this today in the year 2022, we have an energy crisis, and people are complaining that that petrol, gasoline at the at the gas station is very expensive. Had we listened to Tesla, we'd be we'd be driving at a, a pennies on the dollar. You know, it, a, a car could have been retrofitted to accept this star energy. So what's the point here? Well, let's not lament too much. Um, that was a mistake. Let's move forward and let's reinvent Tesla's inventions and let's develop cars that can be that have that animating force of scalar energy, and we'll, we'll overcome the the energy crisis. There will no be there will not be global warming. We, we will not experience a carbon footprint. And Tom, so on that note, you know, um,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but you're the founder and CEO of Scalar Light, correct, sir? Yes. Um, And it's a a global enterprise. Uh, Could you share some more information
1: on what Scalar Light does with our listeners? Yeah. I've developed Scalar Light instruments, and they're modeled off of Tesla and another inventor by the name of Hyaluronics. So these are free energy devices. And in so doing, these energy devices act like a satellite. I can send out broadcast scalar energy anywhere in the world for free. So I work with people around the world with these satellite-like instruments, scalar energy instruments, and I can send healing healing energy by way of this instrument. Now, what's peculiar to this instrument, or any scalar energy instrument, It's non-local, meaning you could work with anybody in the world. You could access any star or any planet in the universe. And how do I do that? Well, I access a person by way of their force field found on their photograph. My photograph has a signature on it. And I literally take a photograph of myself or other people and place it inside the instrument. So you don't have to be physically present because Scanner Energy recognizes the energy signature on a photograph and will find you anywhere in the world as a free energy device, as a satellite, and send a signal to you by way of the instruction on your photograph. That's cool. So you basically took
0: the, one of the, like, okay our, we would, we as a society, our first, you know, need is how do we solve our energy needs because everything requires energy. And what you just, what you learned through your research was that, that this radiation energy, yes. that it's the scalar energy that gives off has health benefits to people as well.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. Health benefits. And then it's how do you, yeah. and, and, and like, so
0: like, what, what would be some of the, like, you know, so there's, there's obviously the most, literal the direct one that comes to my mind is energy in it's in its most classical definition that's used to propel things whether it be electrical energy or power cars or anything but like energy used to make our cities work or make our countries work every day Um, so outside of scalar light being used for i know there's you know we've used light for healing previously. Like, you know, I know there's infrared yoga salons where the infrared heat permeates your muscles and they warm up the muscles slightly different than a traditional heating device. You have, you know, tanning salons and stuff that use different types of different frequencies of ultraviolet rays. So it's well known that, you know, different light frequencies do have different impacts on humans. They have laser growth hair follicle growth like laser hair follicle devices that transmit little laser light waves into your brain to yeah. stimulate follicle growth so it's, it's proven in multiple instances that you know the human body is receptive to waves like all our diagnostic measures whether they be x-rays or ultrasounds or anything like that all it is is just a bunch of waves permeating the body and then it having a different impact and different results so how does scalar light and how does scalar energy
1: work in that regard at a very high level, sir? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've discovered this, this energy, scalar energy carries instructions. So I can broadcast by way of a person's photograph. I can broadcast instructions for scalar energy to break down a bacterium or a virus. Or I can instruct my instrument to access the mind and to balance the brain waves. Many people say that they experience a sense of calm or twang- tranquility. So, scalar energy is a carrier wave. And one of the instructions is the ability to break apart any virus, any bacterium, any parasite. Or another set of instructions are to balance the brain waves and perhaps to remove a fear, a phobia, or in some way to access the, the brain state to the point that people's dreams are enhanced or their memory is enhanced so i get the you're able to program you know i mean
0: it's able to read an energy signature from a picture and translate and locate the physical being regardless of their geographical presence again when you look at it it may seem absurd when you think of oh i could find somebody on planet earth but if you actually look at how small earth is relative to its spatial location compared to the sun yeah. and the stars and everything it's simple that'd be analogous to you finding something on the top shelf of your yep. closet versus the bottom shelf like you know yep. i mean it's it's for the stars the distance is sort of the same exactly how does um how are you able to like i like you know specifically identify the areas that need to be worked upon because identifying the individual is one but then Actually uh-huh. locating or you know targeting a specific type of concern yeah. that yeah. an individual
1: or a client may have. That's great. So I'm going to answer your question in, in a, a twofold fashion. Number one, a person, a human being, is recognized from head to toe. So you don't have to pinpoint a specific organ or connective tissue or a, a specific part of their anatomy. If I place my photograph inside an instrument, I will be treated from head to toe instantaneously. So the instrument recognizes me as a whole living organism. And then, how do I instruct an instrument? I actually place a photograph of, say, the herpes virus inside the instrument. And in so doing, the instrument will look at the molecular structure of the herpes virus and then identify the herpes virus in my body, in my quantum field and destroy the herpes virus inside my quantum field, so to speak. So a photograph of a microbe allows me to send information into my quantum field to destroy that germ or that pathogen. A photograph of a microbe is the informational input to seek out, to to destroy, disassemble the herpes virus inside my quantum field. And
0: how much, like, you know, what if some of the folks in the medical field and medical profession, how they've reacted to this? Because when you look yes. at somebody going, you know, you're, you go out there and you get a diagnosis done or testing done, there's physiological evidence supporting something. Now you undergo a treatment therapy using a modality such as scalar energy or scalar light, and there should be a noticeable improvement in your well-being. And sometimes you could have a client or a patient located in a completely different part of the completely different continent on the other side of the globe. Where, what? How do some of the folks in the medical professional field react to uh,
1: the results? Most are very favorable. Most are very interested in my research, but. There has not yet been one group that has taken a serious look at this and wanted to investigate it to to the point of performing some type of uh, experiment or or clinical trial or call it what you will. So I've not garnered that that respect yet from academia or the medical community.
0: I think the challenge for that is similar to what you said with uh, what Tesla faced, is that back in the day, you had all these finance barons And, you know, the guys who controlled the energy, the railroads and everything. So the international banker boys had vested interest to not, in order to keep moving, keep mobilizing the flow of funds and to have profitability, to not do that. We live in, in 2022, we have a completely, we have a different enemy with the same MO, which is the big pharma, right? Because they're driven based on illness. Like, I mean, you watch sports commercials or you watch commercial on tv and every the only commercials you see are really pharmaceutical companies i mean alcohol and drug companies can't advertise or else you see those guys too but outside of like car companies or like a phone provider the only other company unequivocally you're going to see so many pharmaceutical companies so they have an active vested interest in keeping the population unhealthy they have the deep pockets and the resources to have all the lobbyists and everyone else in play that like the lawmakers and every, again, like I'm, I'm just a cog in this universal, I'm too, I'm too simple in my statement of things. But what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, there are this gorilla in the room that really have every reason to prevent what you're doing from being successful because it, Right. It shuts down their entire business model
1: it does it does let's just cut to the chase my instrument today my laboratory i work with half a million people today by way of a photograph so so this is now becoming a global healing ministry people are coming to people hear good things about what we're doing I, I, my, my instruments could easily work with five ten million people a day so what i have is going to be a threat to many people in the medical community. I'm not naive to that. So I'm going to ask you to save this uh, testimony, to save this interview, and you'll visit this interview five years from now, and you will see how this this will become, uh, if you will, political dynamite. You know, not, not of my accord. I'm not trying to sensationalize this, but once the powers that be realized that we could treat 5, 10 million people a day and provide for their quantum health on a daily basis, that will erode, that will interrupt the cash flow for many of these industries, for many of those pharmaceutical products, for many of those um, who are making pharmaceutical drugs. And from what I gather, what, what this quantum technology does is it helps
0: cure it doesn't provide a temporary fix, so like most other medications, you need to constantly take
1: yep.
0: some sort exactly. of drug to exactly. reduce the symptoms of one thing. But then you could have a secondary effect for which you may have to go out there and solicit another treatment. Because I mean, you look at any farm, any any pharmaceutical commercial, and at the end of it, there's this like standard boilerplate, like like an auctioneer almost rattling off. Every other million things that could go wrong to you. (laughs) And then taking a step, even you know, like slightly tangential, apart from the pharma, and again, this kind of sort of lies within their mandate as well. Is that the medical schools they control what curriculum they put out for the doctors to learn? Of course. So I'm not knocking on the intelligence of the doctors, the ability to save lives in the case of trauma and certain things like that. But if you actually look at Back in the day, medicine was strictly reserved for trauma. Like people never, like, unless you had a bone sticking out of your body or something like that, you never went to doctors because what did doctors do? They use things like bloodletting, they use things like leeches because they just never had the knowledge, right? So outside of like an actual physical being. And if all the schools are, you know, if, if, the, if the factory that puts out the equipment to fix the problem is programmed in a certain way, that doesn't help solve the problem. You're never going to solve the problem. I mean, you could have the best inputs going in there, but unless there's that structural change to how the system works, where right. you actually have to get these medical professionals being like, "Hey, you know what? There are there is more than one way to think of this." And like our, the closest example that I could give off that a lot of people could probably relate to is a food triangle for what you know, like if you look at how much our nutritional requirements have. Evolved over the last 20, 30 years. It's tremendous from what people thought your diet should consist of versus what it is now, versus all the alternate forms of nutritional preferences and lifestyles that are available to people. It's mind numbing how we were fed this one chart of, oh, you got to eat this much protein and cheese and this and that, where now they have a whole new system in place. So, do you think there would be, like, how much longer do you think before, you know, because there's got to be physicians who see what you're doing and understand the core science and the technology behind it so how much longer do you think before you know people actually start i know you said five years before um i started Mm -hmm. talking here but what's your realistic like view on this before people start before other physicians and other experts some of your peers step up and start being
1: as vocal and supportive of it as you are i would say five years at, at at the very at the very uh extreme, hopefully within the next year or two, we'll see people that will galvanize around this, we'll we'll see the merit and then bring this forward to the general public. Now to uh, just elucidate upon the matter, I work alone, it's not by choice. These are very sophisticated instruments. and I don't know of many people who have this ability or this knowledge to create scalar energy instruments and then to operate them. So the drawback right now is a lack of knowledge. I'm trying to impart that knowledge by way of podcasts and writing articles. But the world has to get involved. That's the key. And I, I, my projection is that there will be a grassroots movement to begin with. And then the establishment will begrudgingly follow. And can
0: scalar light be used to treat conditions? Conditions such as cancer and things like that as well?
1: Yes. There was a Uh, an inventor, uh, uh, Priory, who developed a scalar energy uh, vacuum tube. He was able to cure people of cancer. And someday I'd like to revisit his work. It's it's a different uh, approach than what I have. But I would say that scalar energy could reprogram the human genome and would be able to to correct many mutations, yes.
0: Because the only reason I asked that, because I read this... uh... I'm not sure if you had a chance to flash across your screen or not, but there was a cancer study that was done recently and everyone in that study happened to be cancer-free after. They haven't released a lot more information as to on on the details of what happened, but the fact that all the participants of this research study demonstrated cancer-free symptoms after going through one series of one round of treatment, I'm just trying to understand, because there's got to be new things that are out there. Because, I mean, our lifestyle, like, if you look at a big part of why we have all these mutations, it's truly really lifestyle driven. Alcohol, sure. not new. It's, it's, I mean, not, it's not a natural product, smoking, all this radiation, 5G, cell phones. So we're really subjecting ourselves to so many extra things that it's, it's, I, I can see how, you know, a natural energy source can be used to reset or rebalance your body but okay you know what you've really taken all these because then the end of the day, we're just atoms we're just a collection of atoms put together you know we have our proton or neutron or electron and then sometimes they just get all out of order it's like when you take a magnet and you smack it and it loses its magnetism and its, it's magnetic properties and then i think we just need to re- realign and reprogram how some of our energy centers work and um Absolutely. Like, you know, radiant energy, like any, any radiant energy is known to do it and scalar energy makes perfect sense for that because it's, it's from the sun. It's something that already propels everything around us.
1: I, I, I agree. So where are we going with this? Well, first I have to introduce this to the world. I have to reintroduce Tesla's work. And if many people see a favorable session, and we can eradicate herpes, and we can eradicate HIV, well, then the world will start taking note. And then there has to be a support, a grassroots support around the world. And my prediction is the people will bring this forward. forward and they have to, because right now academia is, is corrupt, big business is corrupt, and government is corrupt. So we have to work with people who are honorable, who are not corrupt. And then, you know, just again, like this, this could be,
0: you can, you can, you can um, sidestep this question if you want. I was just thinking out loud here. Uh, What about, you know, when you look at, say, for example, the Bill Gates Foundation and all the work they've done with Bono and his uh, human movement, then you have guys like, you know, Mark Cuban, who recently got as soon as his investment in the pharmaceutical enterprise, where basically they take meds where the patent has expired and now actually sell them make these drugs the generic version of the drugs available to people yeah. at an affordable rate. right? So you have a lot of um, really rich and powerful people that live on this planet right now that are sort of driven for, you know money. They, 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 they do understand that they're, they're they're in a very luxurious position where, they're above the government for all intents and purposes because they're so powerful. Yeah. They have yeah. everything. And, you know, when you get to that level, it's not so much about material stuff anymore. It's about how do you leave, how do you do legacy work that, that transforms yeah. things? What about, uh, you know, like, like folks like that, or even you look at Elon Musk himself, like, you know, that guy is a crazy rich man. He's already got, he's got a strong affinity towards the Tesla name, right? He understands the salient features, of a lot of technologies. And with, you know, some of his, he, he, promotes removal of filters and a lot of these other governmental and political things that slow things down right so how come none of those guys have uh, or how long have you been doing this or have you had a chance to reach out to any of those folks
1: and see if you had any I, success you know I, I won't reach out to them because i, I like to research a lot and i want to bring this forward with the people i, I really i promised god and i promised the people that i would not involve Government or big business or big media or even uh, many academic institutions because the corruption is just so incredible. And, and you know, I'm not giving a, a broad stroke on all of this, but let's just say the corruption um, is an impediment for me to move forward with many of these groups. If I work with people and the people are honorable, they'll bring it forward. So what I really need is a smart marketing team to bring this forward and to approach people. I want to keep this grassroots. If I keep it grassroots, it will thrive. And then I don't have to be answerable to a corrupt government or a corrupt politician or a corrupt judge or a corrupt scientist or a corrupt university or a corrupt uh, corporation. You know, once, once you get involved in that cesspool, you never get out. I don't. I want nothing to do with that nonsense.
0: And you know what? It's it's sad, but it is true. And then just the way these systems are designed is that they, through your through no choice of your own, they would toss you into this never ending litigation, and just that would detract every single ounce of quality energy you have in actually doing something. Yeah towards just defending yourself. And there's been countless examples in the past of, yeah. you know,
1: big companies just f- tossing in, you know. For a frivolous lawsuit, you know. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they, they could concoct. And they do it. it
0: for a lot less. They do it for something a lot less. Like, you know, like they want to fire an employee and they, you know, try to figure out some legal way to, you know, justify their firing of the employee. So if it's actually a little bit more systemic where you're going to make an actual change to how people fundamentally
1: yeah.
0: do things. You are definitely correct in that you're going to see a lot more resistance of course, and coming in from a lot more angles, especially when you, like we talked about this, like, like how are you going to convince all the medical boards and all those systems that are funded by the pharmas and that, hey, the drugs that you are prescribing, like it, it, it's, it's, it just doesn't work, that the model yeah. breaks down, right? Yeah, but absolutely. I figured with some of the bigger guys that they would have the necessary means and then for these guys they understand how precious time is as a commodity right so if somebody was aligned with you they would actively push it because they have the resources to
1: fight back
0: any big government or anything that comes your way
1: yeah i'm going to rely upon god god is god is always protecting and um you're absolutely right your your observations are astute and they're they're right on um you know if you can just, I'm trying to hermetically seal this entity and not let in corruption. And if I can do that, I'll succeed. You know, there's so many, there've been so many incredible enterprises throughout the course of history. And it only takes one betrayer to bring it down. That is true. All sir. so how long have you been around for and
0: uh, what's your plan for the next, uh, you know, the next three to five years, because again, like this is something where in the next three to five years, hopefully this is a lot more mass, you know, well, there's more mass knowledge surrounding this, there's more adoption surrounding this, and then, you know, like you said, if if you want to be grassroots, then the people who do these treatments are going to be, and their improvements, I mean, they're going to be walking witnesses, walking Jehovah's, if you want to call it, for how good this stuff is, right? Um, yeah. So if you could share a little bit of history on, you know, what Scalar Light is, how long you've been around, and- uh. Okay.
1: I, the website, my website is scalarlight.com. I've, the website has been up for 12 years. So I've, I've been trying to get the word out now publicly for 12 years. I prior to that, I was working quietly. And you know, the Lord make it the Lord made it very clear to me to get this information out there. And God will carry this movement. Once again, I predict that people will help me. And it's just it's a matter of time before we really see this to growing to the point of a, a geometrical pattern. It should be an exponential increase once people are aware of what we can do. I'm going on record by telling the audience, people come to me with HIV or the herpes virus. I work, I send energy into their quantum field with a quantum instrument, a scattering instrument. And after I work with them, they no longer have herpes. They no longer have HIV. They no longer have the Lyme bacteria, et cetera, et cetera. So I've demonstrated this around the world. It's it's now it's rather patent. It's rather straightforward. I have the ability to eradicate germs, microbes, and I can do that for germs, microbes that cause thousands of diseases. So I'll let the audience come to their conclusion. Visit my website. You'll read four thousand testimonies from people around the world, and then ask yourself, you know, what is the merit here? Is this true? Is, it, is this accurate? And if so many people will join this move because there's good people out there. And there are all the treatments that you provide done remotely, given that the
0: energies are sent. So you basically, you don't right. have to move. You can be in the comfort of your own right. home. So if you're...
1: Yeah, today I treated uh, half a million people. I work with half a million people by way of their photograph today. Now imagine if half a million people had to come to a stadium or an office or, or a complex. They collapsed, yeah. forgot about it. Exactly, you see, once you're working in this paradigm, it's just an entirely, uh, it's so simple, it's so easy and it's t- entirely different. So how many people can work with half a million people a day? I can, you well know, I've always said to myself that the day is coming that we will work with a billion people a year by way of their photograph. How many companies can access service a billion people a year? We can we will someday service a billion people a year.
0: I was going to say outside of Facebook or Instagram or
1: something. Yeah. yeah there's nobody yeah, else it, who has that kind of. Exactly. Something. We will be the Facebook of healing. We will be the Instagram of healing. That's exciting, man. That's, that's really cool to
0: hear, especially, you know, when to have, and and to have that kind of sort of power, but not have it in a, negative way where and and nowadays especially this technology requires you know if something as simple as an image can help tag and identify a person based on the energy signatures yes if you look at how much data we have in today's day and age everyone has a picture of theirs if not more somewhere in the internet universe you know i mean you may not be tagged but there's a picture of everyone so i mean the good exactly. thing is is that we have a lot of the data that we need to really use a technology like this
1: at large scale. Yeah, you, you see the big picture. You see where we're going with this. You know, I, I frequently tell people, nothing can stop a photograph. A photograph transcends time and space. Scanner energy transcends time and space. Nothing can stop a photograph. I could work with anybody around the world by way of the photograph or a group, a collage of photographs, okay, a collage. Nothing will stop this move. And then as far as like the
0: hardware goes here for this, uh, for the scanner that you have, um, are there various types of device? Like, I mean, in its, in its, at a very high level, what would be some of the salient features of the technology that this device works with? Any specific minimum requirements? Is there a company that makes this? Are these made
1: per? And they're all, they're all custom built. Okay. They're all custom built. I've, Custom built all of these. I I work with a, a, a few engineers. Um, I, I feel if you will, I have to custom make most of the parts, and it's it's laborious. You know, it's if you will, it's like the first computer. You, everything has to be made from scratch. Um, with that said, it's it's been a labor of love my entire lifetime. I've learned how to use these instruments. And I've been at it now hands on for 30 years. And there's some things that you can achieve readily and some things you that just are, are ineffective. Anyway, it's a process. It's taken me 30 years to understand how to use this energy and how to control it.
0: And then we've seen a real shift in user behavior over the last decade in terms of one, social media apps and everything as a service and the proliferation of internet of things came into our lifestyle. Have you seen any acceleration or shift in how scalar light and scalar energy has been perceived? Because obviously yeah. you know, like there's, there's been, and Very the last so. two years especially, because people have been Very much. so bored, where they, they've been looking around for things, right? Like we're, we're, we're opening our minds up to a lot more things. Now we actually have the time and the
1: resources to do so. Yeah. It's, it's been, and pun intended, a quantum leap in the past five years. It's, and I'm so proud of people. So many people can think outside the box. So many people have read about Tesla and people realize that there's two energies. And people realize that Tesla was a genius. And if we would have listened to him, we would have had that radiant energy, scalar energy in our lives. And radiant energy, scalar energy would be the, the mandate today and it would have solved so many problems. As a researcher, I solve problems. I'm not a paper shuffler, I solve problems. And with scalar Energy and application, we're going to solve problems. We're not gonna shuffle paper, we're not gonna, it's no mudslinging with me. I, I get down to it. I solve problems.
0: That's amazing, Tom, you know what, we, uh, it's, it's, it's great to hear, individuals who have as much passion as you for what they're doing and especially when it's for the greater good of just everyone we're not just talking hey you know what here I am going to heal someone or make somebody better but it's more so how can we make ourselves as, as, a, as a as a civilization as a race better because we already have something in our backyard that we could use it's just unfortunately not a lot of people have had the ability or the resources in whatever capacity to actually take a stand as strong as yours and the belief you've put in, because I can only imagine the kinds of hurdles and challenges you must have faced. Oh, sure. In the, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard of every single form of allegation made towards you yeah. that you could think of. and you know, uh,
1: It's gotta yeah, you're be- You're right. It, to me, it's almost becomes comical, especially when people don't do their homework. It's like, you have to, you know, some people have not the slightest idea what I'm doing, yet they comment. They come out, out of ignorance.
0: And, and like, you know what it is? It's like, it's, it's just, I think people's inability to want to understand and then just the way humans are, like we're inherently lazy, right? So if something is presented to us, it's much simpler for us to take it as a truth and move on than for us to sit there and question everything. And going back to our, we've talked about this a few times. The big companies have so much control on the propaganda. Like even in the online space, people don't realize that of course. all the digital ad space is really bought by the big companies. Like your exactly. everyday small person does not have the financial means necessary yeah. to broadcast their message. All yeah. the messages shown to you is paid propaganda. It's just a different channel. Exactly. And you went from a 65 inch screen to a six and a half
1: inch screen. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why I rely upon grassroots. You know, a lot of people say, why don't you advertise on Facebook? Why? Facebook is corrupt. Facebook has never helped me. The algorithms are against me. I can prove that. Their algorithm is designed to do one thing, is to make them richer. That's it. Like, That's let, it. Let, let, let's not be, let, let's not
0: kid here. Like, all these companies, they have one objective maximizing profitability and revenue for their organization. Everything else is a service they're they provide, them. and they're going to, they're going to, sh- Nobody knows enough about anything to validly discount their claims. And they know that. So they could just sell you whatever they want. And then let's say you come up to them disgruntled. All they have to do is give you some form of arbitrary credit, like in terms of Facebook dollars or Google dollars that has no (laughs) tangible value in the human world. You couldn't buy half a tank of gas with it, but they'll give you, you know, a thousand dollars worth of ad credits for using or whatever it is. So, they, they create this ecosystem where they take real money from you, and should you feel dissatisfied, they'll give you their monopoly money and then you know, try to make you feel better with it.
1: Uh, well, the, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds did that when they, they took over our central bank. You know? You know, they, they control the money supply, I get that, and, and we're left on the short end of all of this. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. you're you're a real scholar, and you you see the world as it is. I don't know if I'm a
0: scholar. Those are very kind words. It's just you know I I'm blessed enough to have the opportunity. You deal with it. reality.
1: You know I I, I really I, I really uh, like that. It, it, we all need to start. You know, truth is reality. Reality is truth. You have to see what what really is going on in this world, and why do we have these problems? Some of them are manufactured problems. Some of the problems that we see in this world are created by the cabal, okay? There's, there's some really rotten people out there that want us to fail because when we fail, they can control us. They
0: benefit from that, right? Like, of I mean, first firsthand across all kinds of things that there's a very small group of individuals who benefit tremendously from any negative action. And you know, this is their way of controlling us or bringing. And when you have a technology, excuse me, like yours, that intends to do good for the masses never ever in the history of humanity has any you know colonial empire or ruling king or civilization there's very few you could think of that have been super open and positive to be like hey you know what you got a solution that'll make everyone better perfect let's adopt it because everyone understands that these solutions the drawback to them is the neutralized power there's nobody there's not going to be one
1: person who's going to be you know Yes, you're right. It's a threat. You know, when people realize that this type of technology is a threat to the establishment, and it's a gigantic threat, uh, then you see why I I don't have any support from academia, the government, big business, the media. And then the way they qualify science, too. I mean, we're going on a slight tangent,
0: but, like, I know for, I think in in the medical world, I think they only need, like, is it like two or three positive results to call to classify a study as successful out of a hundred? Or so they have very like their thresholds for for qualifying things and disqualifying things is very arbitrary and it's it's designed to their benefit. So if somebody wanted to sit there and you know support your hypothesis or discount it, it'd be relatively easy for them to do so, depending upon which side of the river they were on and they really wanted to support.
1: If, the, if people realize the role that the Rockefeller family has had in medicine and education, the, the medical community and and the university, they, they would they would be aghast you know, The Rockefellers have been so manipulative of the medical industry and they control so many pharmaceutical companies and they control the narrative they, and they own so many, um, media outlets. It, it's a monopoly. But unless you can see, unless you can draw apart that, that veneer and, and pierce into that, that um, cesspool of, of their control and their monopoly, you just don't get it. You've got to pierce the veil. And we understand that. We understand that there's somebody behind that curtain. And it's the Illuminati. It's the cabal. And they're pulling the strings. You know, Tom, you've you've uh, you you've made very
0: like strong, but at the same time, truthful points and observations. And unfortunately, you know, it's not just limited to one family or one industry. You know, this is something that you have widespread in financial markets, in like your banks. Like, I mean, people don't realize how dirty and the banking industry is, you know, what I mean, between Jamie Dimon and Blancafine, and like those guys, pretty much run all the banks. You have of all the economists, and as, as reading, as I told you, I'm a economist by formal education, and everything we we learned, the whole Keynesian model of economics is is, is flawed because it was taught by a guy who never had anybody challenge his beliefs or ideologies. He was rich enough where he pushed it down the throat of a lot of people and it benefited them to abide by whatever models he was supporting. And they became the de facto standard. And it's only in the last few years where we've been blessed to live in this time where should you choose to follow or research, you can get very good quality in research from other people that is going to be just factual information that allows you to form your own viewpoints. And it's only things like that, that have allowed us to catch up to, okay, what has been going on in the last little while? Because up until the cell phone becoming ubiquitous with internet browsing and searching, I don't even think you're in the computer area. I don't think there was enough data for people to actually go out there and Support or even challenge their own beliefs, right? Because oftentimes people want to question or challenge what they know, try to find an alternate hypothesis or facts that that would allow them to open their mind to another way of thinking. And we've only had these tools widely made available to us for the last little while. Because if you look at a lot of the encyclopedias back in the day, the World Books and all their other sort of cousins. I'm sure that's regulated as well. You know, now I have the world book encyclopedias grown up and I laugh sometimes going, I wonder how much information in there was presented to me because they wanted it to be seen in that way.
1: Of course. Whereas
0: now you Google something and you'll get 15 page
1: results and you'll find all angles of support. If if you look at Tesla's work, he was the most prolific researcher and and theorist and and inventor of the past hundred years. But with, with the exception of this, this grassroots effort to bring him his attention, uh, his work to the intention of the world, you don't find any university course promulgating Tesla. You don't find the media promulgating Tesla. It's, it's always from what they call splinter groups or grassroots movements. Why? Because the Rothschilds don't want you to know about Tesla. That's why he's not promulgated so obvious
0: well you know what tom it's and we're, we're glad that we have someone like you who's out there who appreciates the value of a lot of this work the benefits it has for us as a society and then your you know unrelenting effort in chugging along every day despite all the challenges and everything in may face
1: yeah. Yeah. well God is with me. We we are going to win this fight. We are winning this fight, and it's because of God and good people. There's a many good people out there, and that's the key. I hear you, man.
0: Anyways, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today.
1: Um, and then, I'm gonna I'm gonna remind everybody: visit the website. You're going to send us your photograph. We'll work with you for free. We give away 15 days of free sessions. This is your way of proving that this works. It's quantum healing. Website, scalarlight.com. This is the website. You can send in photographs of your family and friends, even your pets. Try it out.
0: And then uh, to all their listeners, you know, thank you for tuning into this episode. As Tom Palladino mentioned, um, you know, he could be reached uh, through his website, scalarlight.com. That's www.scalarlight.com. And for all the listeners of our episode today, he's offered to give all of us 15 days of free sessions for scalar-like quantum therapy. And then, um, or else, you know, you can find his bio and his information on our website as well, subjectmatterprose.com. So folks, with that, thank you so much for tuning in. And until the next episode.